Amen. Hallelujah. Well, this morning in this this idea of Thanksgiving this week, uh, um, I was praying about the, what the Lord wanted us to, uh, to talk about, to focus on, and I believe this morning uh, this message will ring to your hearts. Grateful for the lifting. This idea of lifting, idea of shifting, all this is combined together these last uh, couple months, the last several weeks, and even at the state. And so I believe the Lord is speaking something to us for us to connect to uh, in this word. And so I want to focus on this lifting again this morning, but I want to be grateful for the lifting. Let's say the declaration of the word this morning, if you will. Grab your Bibles. I believe this is the word of God. I believe it's fully the word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm ready to receive from God's word today. I'm alert, I'm listening, and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sounding great this morning. Hallelujah. Well, this idea of Thanksgiving, I, I wanted to pull out a couple of thoughts, just two quotes from some uh, preachers of the past. One is Diedrich Bonhoeffer. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he was a German theologian and pastor, and his life was taken from him on April the 9th, 1945. He was in a German POD, uh, POW camp and was, and was killed just days before the Americans could come in and, uh, and rescue those there and release them. And, but he stood against Nazi Germany and he spoke the word of God and he was declared one of the greatest theologians of his time. And this is what he says about Thanksgiving. We pray for the big things and forget to give thanks for the ordinary, small, and yet really not small gifts. How can God entrust great things to the one who will not thankfully receive from him the little things? This is, you're like, we're starting off with this. Yeah, it's a pretty good thought. I, I want to be grateful for all things that Christ has given me. Can we handle one more quote from a, an earlier uh, preacher? In fact, uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon is called the, the prince of preachers in the late 1800s in, in England. This is what he has to say. If you are not content with what you have, you would not be satisfied for it if it were doubled. <laughs> Some truth there from the past, I, I think that we can hold on to. And, and, uh, we're going to grab scripture and we're going to look at that this morning. But I thought those were two thoughts that we could just, uh, meditate on for a second and just think about. Lord, I'm grateful for what you've given me and I want to be faithful in that. And when you make me faithful in the small things, then you can use me in greater things. But I want to be found faithful in the small. Let's go to, uh, the scriptures now in second, uh, second Corinthians, that is chapter four. And this idea of gifting or grateful for the lifting, grateful for the lifting here. And I want to begin in verse 1 of chapter 4. And it starts off, therefore, since we have this ministry, we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Now on your outline this morning, you'll see there's a lot of blanks for grateful for, and you'll be able to fill those in today. This first being grateful for mercy. And uh, I want to back up here in a moment because this, this verse starts here in chapter four with therefore, we know when Paul wrote this letter, we call it second Corinthians, but just uh, to fill in some of the blank, this is really not the second letter that he wrote to the church. It's probably the fourth letter that he wrote to this body of believers, but he's laying down this, these foundations here. And he says, therefore, since we have this ministry, I'm like, well, what ministry we 
have. So let's back up just a little bit to chapter 3, just for a few verses. Not going to read all that, but starting in verse 12, there's another therefore, but we're going to start there and not go back farther to find out what that's there for. And so, but here's this thought. Therefore, since we have such hope, we, we sung about hope this morning, didn't we? And you'll, you'll again, you're going to find out how the, the worship this morning connects with this message. I'm so grateful for God, how he intertwines those things. And I hope that you'll see some of this, uh, uh, again, unplanned. We just, we just rest on the leading of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away uh, because of the glory of God on Moses' life, and he was shining with glory. Uh, Moses had to wear a veil, and that's what this passage is talking about. But it goes deeper than just the glory of the Lord. It's talking about the glory that comes from the Old Testament that, that, that is making reference in what's going to happen and prophesy about Jesus in the New Testament, what God wants to do to the church uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and this veil, this idea is a covering that they're not seeing uh, all the truth. They're not recognizing what God wants to do. But this veil represents the glory of God that he wants to reveal to us. So I'm grateful for the lifting. Someone say that with me. I'm grateful for the lifting. Verse 14 says, but their minds talking about those who, who haven't caught onto this truth, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. Now, I preached on this uh, not long ago in chapter uh, chapter 3. We're going to be in chapter 4 most of the day this morning. But I want you to see this picture. There was a lifting of the veil. I'm grateful again for this lifting because before it was lifted, they didn't know who Christ really was. They didn't recognize the the Messiah. And some still didn't recognize Christ as a Messiah. But aren't you glad that we know who Jesus Christ is? says, I'm grateful to know the truth of his word. They were, they were blinded because it's unlifting of this. But even to this day, this is in, in Paul's writing, even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts, on the hearts of those who don't want to receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior, on hearts who don't want to recognize him as the Messiah. They're still blinded about holding on to the, the things of the Old Testament versus, versus grabbing on to the fulfillment of the Old Testament through Jesus Christ. He says, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And we need to rejoice this morning because the veil is lifted. The next verse there, I think we're on, you're behind me there. There you go. Nevertheless, we are going to rejoice because the veil is lifted. Say that with me. The veil is lifted. I'm rejoicing this morning. I'm grateful this morning that I've been exposed to, not just recognized, but I believe and held on to the truth that's found in the Word of God. The truth that tells me who I am in Jesus Christ. The truth that I was blind, but now I see. Amen. Because the veil has been lifted. I'm grateful for the lifting. Verse 17 says this, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, say it with me, there is liberty. We've preached on these, these passages before. We use that verse quite often, but we look, look at it in the context. It's because of that lifting. And so can I tell you this morning, there is liberty in the lifting. Say that with me. There is liberty in the lifting. Now, Lord, when you, when you lift this veil off our eyes uh, and we have this liberty to celebrate and to shout and to, and to rejoice in our new life in Jesus Christ. 
Christ. Uh, there's a liberty when the veil's been lifted. Is anybody rejoicing this morning that, uh, that you're different than you were yesterday? Uh, the veil of blindness over your life has been released and, and uncovered. You see the truth in Jesus Christ that he's called you to be somebody. Everyone in this room, everyone watching online this morning, you are somebody in Jesus Christ. Uh, don't let the enemy try to steal your destiny. Don't let the enemy try to steal, uh, to steal your who you are. You have been bought by a price. Uh, you've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we are grateful this morning that the veil's been lifted. Uh, all the lies that's been told to me are now no longer in my ears because I put something else in my heart. I put the word of God in my ears. Uh, my faith is increasing because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Uh, I'm not the same that I was. I'm different because the veil has been lifted in Jesus name. There's liberty. There's, there's freedom when the veil is in lifted. When you really hold on to what's taking place, uh, I'm not blind by the lies, but I'm set free by the truth. Amen. Amen. Verse 18 says this, but we all with unveiled face beholding in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. I'm grateful for the lifting. We had to look at these verses because this is the ministry that we have looking again at verse one and there. Therefore, since we have this ministry, what ministry, this ministry to share the truth that the veil has been lifted, the ministry to share the truth who Jesus Christ is. Since we've already recognized that his glory is reigning in us. This is the ministry that we have and because we have this ministry that the veil has been lifted since we have this ministry that truth has been exposed since we have this ministry that we know who Jesus Christ is since we have this ministry that we can share the truth of the gospel we do not lose heart we don't get weak we don't we we may we may sometimes feel like that that we're struggling but we just we can't lose heart we have to hold on to what we know we have to hold on to the truth of the word that is setting people free who are bound up. Uh, you can recognize where they're at because you used to be there, but you have a testimony that you're not there anymore because you have allowed the power of God to transform you. Has anybody been transformed in this room? Uh, how many still needs the transforming power of God in your life to, to keep you and, and to protect you and to preserve you? That's what the Holy Spirit does. Uh, he, he holds on to us so we'll walk with him and not in our flesh. And, and all this works together and it happens once we let the veil be lifted of our eyes and see who Jesus wants us to be. So we have a ministry together. And because of that, we do not lose heart. Verse two says, but if we have renounced, uh, this is this idea, this gratefulness for mercy. I'm, I'm thankful for the mercy of God. Is anybody else grateful for the mercy of God that he had, he found mercy on us, uh, that he would knock on our heart's door and say, I don't want to leave you in a state that you're in uh, and all discouraged and depressed and, and bound up in sin, but I want to transform you. I want to give you mercy to get out of that situation. I, I want to give you mercy to, to recover from what you used to be. I want to give you mercy to, to set you free. I, I want to give you mercy that you might minister for me. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame. Because of the mercy of God, we can renounce the hidden things of shame. How many have some sinful things in your past that you're, that you're just don't want anybody to know about? And you're saying, I'm renouncing that because I've been set free. I, I'm no longer wallowing in that. I'm no longer bound by that. I'm no longer held down by that. But I'm renouncing that because of the mercy of God. I'm able to say, I was a sinner. I was lost. I was blind. But now I've been forgiven. I now, I can see the truth. I've been changed. I've been transformed. In 
Is anybody grateful for the mercies of God this morning? If you think about it this week, what God has done for you, I can renounce the hidden things of shame and of sin because I'm now a new creation in him. I've surrendered my life in him and he's done a good work in me and he's doing a good work in you. And because of that, we're not walking in the craftiness or or handling of the word of God. We're handling the word of God with truth. We're not using it to beat up people or manipulate people or deceive people. We're using it to set people free. The word of God will set you free. The word of God will give you strength. The word of God will give you life. The word of God will give you direction. The word of God will give you purpose. And the word of God will surround you and keep you until his return. Hold on to the word of God. By the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Meaning every person that we run into, they needed to hear the truth. Lord, open the doors to have that conversation because they're lost and dying. They're blind. The veil is over their eyes. I'm praying. There's some new ways to pray, God, when when we run into people who are blind. Lord, they're they're not going to hear the truth or receive the truth until their eyes uh, have been set free from that blindness. And and so we begin to pray, Lord, open up their eyes to see. Open up their heart to receive. I can can give them truth that they'll reject it if their heart's not open. So sometimes uh, strategically evangelizing is meaning that I'm praying for them first. God, uh, help me me find that right place uh, to connect with them that I can can turn the conversation towards heaven uh, because if they're not ready for it, they're not going to receive it. Right. Does anybody feel like you've thrown truth at somebody and it just bounced off of them? You're like, I thought that the word's going, not going to go out void. It's not, but if their heart is hardened, they still reject it. So Lord, we pray for their hearts. Lord, let that lifting of the veil be removed from their eyes. Verse three and four, this continues thought are grateful for mercy, but even if our gospel is veiled, right? This is what we're talking about. If it is veiled to those who are perishing, the ones who are lost because they're not willing to hear the truth, but we're going to still, we're going to have this mind. We're going to still continue to share whose mind is, is in the God of this world. And this age has blinded them who do not believe least the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God should shine on them. There's hope for them when the gospel shines on them. This is where the church comes in. This is where the body of believers come in. We, we have to shine the light of the gospel. They're still covered. Their eyes are blind. They're perishing who those who want to, who won't hold on or grab onto the truth, but we're going to hold on. They've been blind. We got to recognize what the problem is. We have to recognize they're, they're blinded. They don't know what they don't know. We can't hold them accountable to something they don't know. And so we've got to be able to find a way. God, help me. Lord, through the gratefulness of the mercy of your calling, help me find a way to minister to the lost and the hurting, the ones who don't know the truth. Help me find a way to share the gospel way that they, 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 they begin to lift their eyes. They begin to lift their eyes to you. The veil begins to lift so they can see truth. And, and when they start seeing a little bit of truth, they'll start re- receiving and believing and holding on because a little bit of truth will change a lot, right? A little bit of truth will will move uh, the lies uh, that they've been receiving all their life and, and the things that they bought into that's not that's not real. Again, I, I shared uh, last week uh, the, the conversation uh, my daughter had uh, with a, a fellow student who's in nursing with her, uh, and they were talking about Christmas and, and coming and buying trees. I, you, you watch last week if you didn't get that story. But here's some more part of that conversation. Earlier this summer when Road versus Wade was overturned by the Dobbs decision, this 
friend of Hannah who didn't grow up in a Christian home, just buying the lies of the world, put on her social media page, if you believe in pro-life, go ahead and defriend me now. She's blind. Hannah's like, I don't know how to deal with this, but I'm going to talk with her because she doesn't know what she's saying. She's asked me not to be her friend, and she doesn't even realize she's asking that. So she begins to have a conversation with her and, and walking through and finding out, you, you believe a lot what I believe in this abortion issue. You, you don't, and she says, I don't think someone should just get an abortion because they just don't want to have a baby. And, and so she started walking through these things, but, but when she's come down to it, she's believing what she believes because someone told her to believe it. She, she's, she's holding on to a lie because she hasn't taken time to hear the truth about God as a, the giver of life. And, and so she, her heart's still being worked on, but she was willing to have that conversation because Hannah had built a relationship with her that she's able to evangelize. She hasn't uh, compromised in her living and, and her standards. And so they see a difference in her and they, they recognize that. And that's what we're supposed to be, right? We're supposed to live the standard, not giving in. And when people begin to see that, it opens the door for us to witness to them and it's going to be hard sometimes because some of the things that they believe is really hard to work through amen Amen. but if we do in love and we do with the truth of the word God is able to change lives around. So I'm praying for this young lady that God who said that I don't think your church accept me the way I look. Lord, we're going to accept her the day she walks on this property. And we may not agree with everything she believes in right now. But I believe you want to lift the veil from her eyes. Does anybody else know somebody that you're praying for the veil to be lifted and, and their heart to be opened because they're holding on to uh, lies from this world? They've been deceived. Let me know somebody who's been deceived. You have to you have to feel for them. They don't know what they're believing they just caught on to something that's not real but it sounded good to them and they latched on to it and how many knows once you believe something it's harder not to believe it anymore but the power of God uh, that's, that is sharper than any two-edged sword, he, it can come in. The, the word of God can, uh, can cut those lies away from those people and then in turn let the Holy Spirit implant into their hearts the truth of the word of God. Lord, so I'm grateful for your mercy. I'm grateful that I've heard the truth. I'm grateful that I received that. I, I don't say that in arrogance and in and, and, and pride. I'm, I do that in humility. God, I'm glad that I already know your word. Are, are you grateful this morning? Those who are watching online, if you've already given your heart this morning, aren't you grateful that you've heard the truth, that, that you're not working through this, that is God real? Is, does he really have a plan for my life? I'm not working through if Jesus really died on the cross. I, I believe it, I receive it, and I'm going to walk in it. So my mission now is not to, figure out what I believe. I know what I believe and I'm going to preach the truth of the word and I'm going to help others find and discover who Jesus is. Verse five, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord and ourselves, your bond servants for Jesus sake. I think I just, what I preached there just really ties in that right there. I'm grateful for your mercy, Lord. I'm preaching you. We're not preaching ourselves. I'm grateful for the light. Verse 6, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God to the face of Jesus Christ. 
I'm grateful for the light this morning that shone out of the, the darkness of my heart. It, 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 it exposed the darkness of my life, but he shone into my heart and he replaced the darkness with the light of his knowledge of who Jesus is. The glory of God is shining in us this morning. Uh, those who receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he's shining on us right now. I'm grateful for God's power. Verse 7 says this, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. I'm glad it's God's power and not mine. I'm glad I can lean on his power and not my own strength. I'm glad that I can lean on his power and not your strength, right? We have his, his glory, his power reigning in us. It's not in our own self. We preach Jesus Christ. We preach the Holy Spirit. He's the one that empowers us. He's the one that gifts us. He's the one that strengthens us and keeps us going. Lord, we're grateful for your power today. I'm grateful for resilience. Is anybody else grateful for resilience? And then you've been knocked down, but not ever gotten back up. No, I think this passage right here says that we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We've been persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. I thank God for the resilience that he's put within us, uh, that we don't stay down. We may get knocked down, but we don't stay down. Uh, We may feel like we're discouraged, but we are always encouraged by his word. Lord, thank you for your resilience. Uh, Maybe you need to pray that right now. God, help me be more resilient in you. Uh, Lord, I want to be able to uh, withstand the times and the pressures uh, that come our way. Lord, I want to bounce back every time the enemy tries to knock me down you you've i'm dating ourselves now i don't know if they even make these anymore but you remember those old uh stand-up punching bags that had the sand in the middle that had it looked like a clown i had a clown when when i was a kid we'd knock that thing down and pop right back up right you've probably heard that illustration before but that's what comes to my mind right now you could knock it down all you want but it pops right back up Uh, you can kick it you can take a bat to it not no i'm not confessing now but i'm just saying you can do whatever you want but as soon as you knock it down it's going to pop back up the enemy wants to try to knock you down but when you have the holy spirit within you you're going to pop right back up when you pray not in your own understanding but when you pray in the holy spirit god lead me lord i need your strength today. I can't rely on my own strength, but I lean on you and you're going to stand back up. The enemy may try to keep you out, but you're going to get back in. God, you're on our side. Thankful for your resilience that you give us, Jesus. I'm grateful for life in Christ. Verse 10 says this, we're always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Go on, verse 11. For we who are who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. What he's saying is uh, we are dying. Uh, we, we are dying. We need to let this flesh die die out every day. I, I have to crucify this flesh. I have to deny this flesh. There is a death in me every day. It's got to be the death of this flesh. But when I let the flesh die, the spirit becomes alive. When I let the flesh lay down, I let the spirit rise up. And so there is death and it represents what Jesus did. He died, but he rose again and he's given us the, the victory in him. So death may be working in us, but he also says it's not just death that's in despair, but it's life that, that comes out of that because 
because the Spirit of God is alive within us. Verse 13, let's look at this. I'm grateful for the life in Christ because since we have this same Spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak, knowing that He who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. We have this promise that we will be risen up with Christ. We are being raised up with Christ and we're going to be presented together. This church, uh, uh, the church of God uh, in Indiana, the, the church of God, not just the church of God denomination. I'm talking the, jur- the church of the living God. Uh, I'm talking about the, the church that God talks about, his church. Uh, every place around this world, uh, we're going to be presented together to the heavenly father. Jesus Christ is in us and Jesus Christ is with us. And so we're all going together. How many is ready for that trumpet to sound right now? Uh, I'm ready to go home. We don't have to sell any trees this year. God, go ahead and bring your rapture. Uh, Lord, we're ready for that. But if you sue Terry, if you choose a Terry, God, we're going to hold on and we're going to do what we're called to do. And we're going to, we're going to press on because we know that your return is near. Amen. There's an overflowing. We need to have an overflowing gratefulness. Say that with me. Overflowing gratefulness. Verse 15. For all things are for your sake. That grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. I like this verse. I wanted to pull it out in two other translations, the English Standard Version, New American Standard. I really love how these, this say this, this, this idea of overflowing grace. Listen, for it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, how many want to see more and more people saved? How many wants to see the grace of God poured out? It may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Now, what's some of the problems that we have in this world when people are not grateful, when they're not thankful? It gets pretty ugly out there, right? That's why we like the, 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 the holiday season because it seems like uh, people have a heart change and they, they're, they're more gracious and they're, and they're supposed to be, uh, and, and you see a difference in them. It seems like, hey, can't we have Christmas all year? It seems like people are, are friendly unless they're all trying to get the same toy for their kids and then it gets, uh, it gets ugly again, right? And, and so, but when there's a heart of Thanksgiving, it changes our behavior. It changes our, our actions. It changes our life. And this is why I like it in a new American standard. Listen, of this for all things for are for your sake so that grace having spread to more and more people will cause thanksgiving to overflow i want to see an overflowing of thanksgiving amen Lord help us. God, you can start it with us right now. In this room, those watching line, you can, you can begin in us an overflowing of thanksgiving. What would that look like if we all had an overflowing of thanksgiving? Nobody would be able to leave the, leave the church because you're like, I'll hold the door for you. I'm grateful. Well, and no, everybody be holding the door for you. You ever been in that situation where no one will go out? No, you go first. You go first. I'm just grateful that you're here. Lord help us have so much love for one another that, that we think of one another before we think of ourselves because of the gratefulness of God overflowing in our lives. I'm grateful in the eternal. Verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Here's that thought again. We don't lose heart. We have the, we've had this ministry of mercy. We, we have this mercy. We don't lose heart in that. And also he brings this thought out again. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, 
This is how Paul describes it. Whatever we're going through may seem very heavy, but he's saying in reality, it's a light affliction in the scope of eternity. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding internal weight of glory. No matter what you've gone through, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you might go through, it's nothing compared to the glory that you're going to experience in heaven. And what we understand, even in the hardest times right now, when in the, in the deepest moment of despair, we're able to cry out, God, I'm grateful for you, for the mercy of God. He begins to give a peace that surpasses understanding. I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't know why I'm experiencing this. I don't know why I had to suffer with this pain. But God, I give you glory anyway. I'm going to praise you anyway. And in the midst of that praise, in the midst of, of that, that, that surrenderness, in the midst of that gratefulness, God begins to minister to you and gives you the strength to go one more day. He gives you the strength to take one more step. He gives you the strength to sing one more song. He gives you the strength to pray one more prayer. He gives you the strength to, uh, to say thanksgiving. And he gives you the strength to worship and rejoice. He gives you the strength to continue to read in his word and gain strength from that he gives us the strength yes, verse 18 while we do not look at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal are you thankful for the eternal the things that we haven't grasped yet how many believes that there's heaven waiting for us how many really believes that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession? I can't see that right now, but I believe it right now. I believe that he's sitting right there interceding for me on my behalf and that he's pleading for the Father. And he says uh, his sins have been forgiven because I've died on the cross for him and, and I've prepared a place uh, for all of us. Uh, he's going to take us to heaven. I'm ready for heaven. Amen? Amen. Glory to your name. So let's do the Bible. Are you ready? This week, I want you to read Psalms chapter 40, verses 1 through 17. I want you to gratefully pray. Thank you, Lord, for lifting me out of my sin and standing me on righteousness. I will follow you and share the truth of your eternal love. Give you a moment to write that down. I want us to read it out together. I'll say it one more time. Listen, thank you, Lord, for lifting me out of my sin and standing me on righteousness. I will follow you and share the truth of your eternal love. Can you say that with me? Thank you, Lord, for lifting me out of my sin and standing me on righteousness. I will follow you and share the truth of your eternal love. Let's look at a couple of verses from Psalms. For the choir director, a Psalm of David. And I pulled this out of the New Living Translation this morning for this passage here. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. Anybody connect with that? How many has heard? How many knows that the Lord has heard your cry? And if you don't feel like he is, I want to give you that confidence this morning. He hears your cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair 
out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. What are you saying? Many will come to Christ because of your testimony, that you can share what Christ has done for you. Not what you can do for them, but what he can do for them. But your life is a testimony. We need to take comfort and encourage that. The Lord wants to use you. Janelle, the Lord is going to use you this morning. He's transformed you. He's going to use Christy, the Lord's going to use you. There's people that God has put in your path that we'll never run into, but he's going to use you. Kim, there's people that God is going to use you to touch and they're going to see a difference in, in your life. And, and, and I'm going to say this today. The Lord wants to use us for his glory. He doesn't want to put us on a shelf. He doesn't want us just to wait. He wants us to be active right now. How many is ready to be used by God? Lord, we go ahead and pray. Lord, make my life a living testimony for you. I want to share the eternal love of Jesus Christ. A couple more verses. Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. Oh, Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. Amen. How many has a long list of testimonies? Uh, I know we've all been on that spot. What's the greatest thing God has ever done for you? You're like, oh. Well, you've done so much, I don't know how to name one, but the list of things that God has done for us is numerous. Listen to this. You take no delight in sacrifices or offering. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand you don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Listen to this. Does this sound familiar? It's kind of connecting the message from last week. God desires our intentional grateful obedience. Someone say it with me. God desires our intentional, grateful obedience. Now this is written in the Old Testament when they were required to give burnt sacrifices. But David is saying, I recognize that my, that your heart is not just in the sacrifice. It's in my heart, what I'm willing to do in obedience. You're, you're not just requiring the sacrifice. You're requiring me and how I bring it to you. This is, and this hasn't changed. He doesn't matter how much money you give to the church, how much time you serve at the church, and all the things that you do for the kingdom of God if your heart's not right in it. He wants your heart, not your service. But your heart will lead you to serve. Your heart will leave you to give. Your heart will lead you to humility when it's been broken by Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what David recognizes. It's not about what I do. It's about how I do it. I want to have a grateful heart so that everything I do is done to the glory of God, not to the glory of myself. And so look at this, uh, this connection from last week. We talked about lift. We talked about loving God and others, right? And then a second one, intentionally obeying. God has brought us together again in this week of Thanksgiving that we will be grateful, that we'll be lifted. And we do that by loving others and loving God, by intentionally obeying, by following Christ. And we've been singing it. I still think that's amazing. <laughs> Following Christ. It came in a sermon and we sang that song. I have decided to follow Jesus. How long ago has that song been written, right? God has a way to get our attention. He's saying something to us right now. And I want to trust in the Lord as our praise team comes back this morning. As you're preparing for this week of Thanksgiving, don't let it just be a day.
Don't let it just be a day of eating around the table and and just thinking about the good things a family has experienced on vacations or over years. Make God the center of the conversation. I'm grateful for the mercies of the Lord. I'm grateful how he's kept us, provided for us. Brain, I still remember the time we were, we were planning a church and we didn't have anything. We didn't have groceries and we came back from the, the service of that church plant and on our front porch was a, was a load of groceries that someone was moved on to bring over and it helped us through. I'm grateful for all the things that he's done for us. And many of you can probably share stories like that too. How the Lord has provided. How the Lord has taken care of you. In that heart of, of giving, I was just talking to someone this morning that was testifying that, and, and they've been giving faithfully, and, and the Lord has been blessing, and, and now they not only were able to buy something they needed, they found it on sale for like $40 cheaper than what it was supposed to be. And, and then they found, isn't that how God works? When you can buy $65 shoes for $40, you need to celebrate and dance. Put those shoes on and dance in them right there, right? Hallelujah. God is good. Because when we're faithful, he finds ways to bless us. It's not always an extra check in the mail. Some people just think that I'm going to get extra money. No, it's in the blessings of life. So, Lord, we we pause and think right now. We're grateful as you stand to your feet this morning. We're grateful, God. We're grateful for all that you've done. I want to have a heart of gratitude today. Here's how I want to respond to the word this morning. If you're grateful for the lifting, I'm just going to ask you to come and stand in these altars. If you're not able to stand long, find a seat up close. I just want us to express worship to God for the next few moments and give him praise for lifting us. Anybody been lifted out of that miry clay? Has anybody been lifted out of that miry clay? Hallelujah. We worship you, God. Lead us in worship.
said that I have to remind myself to remember what God. So do ahead and do that right now. Remind yourself right now. Lord, well, I remind myself to worship you because you deserve it. Uh, and, and, and so here's where I want to be. I don't want to, I want to get to the place where I don't have to remind myself because out of my worship and my waking of the morning, I realize how good he is. And my natural response is just to give him praise. Uh, I like the verse, but I want to grow past being reminded. I want that to be natural. Is anybody there with me this morning? Uh, Lord, we just say right now, Lord, we lift up our voice in a shout of triumph. We lift up our voice in a shout of praise. I'm not going to be silent. I'm going to worship. Lord, there's another song we sing. Let the lion, let the lion roar. I'm I'm not going to be, I'm going to be pressed down. I'm going to worship. Worship him this morning. He's good.
got to grab onto that because you've been let down by a lot of people. Has anybody ever been let down by somebody? I think everybody will raise their hand. But I want to let you know right now, God will never let you down. You can't be disappointed in God because he is perfect. He is holy. You can't get disappointed in him because he's unchanging. He's always been good and will always be good. But right now, the Lord wants to let you know you can trust him. We need to put our full trust in him. He'll never, 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 say it with me. He'll never, never, never let us down. Hallelujah. Sing it more time. this congregation right now that is in this room that are watching online we thank you for your goodness we're grateful for the lifting and your covering and keeping us oh god i pray lord this week use us oh lord to share the love and the truth of your word to someone else out of our gratefulness lord let us be witnesses out of our gratefulness oh lord let us be your servant and we give you praise keep us safe until we're able to come back together again next sunday lord i pray keep uh, uh, those who are traveling this week to this area or away from this area keep them safe and we worship you and we give you praise amen amen sister that's going to come and lead us in our closing prayer this morning Say this prayer with me, Psalm 1914. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen.